So we're talking about how we're feeling, um, and uh, we, we've been talking for a few weeks now that emotions are uh, our emotions are part of our humanity. There's a book that uh, pretty much changed um, our lives, Kate and I, our lives about seven or eight years ago, called uh, "Emotionally Healthy Church." Um, and I'd wrecked by a, a pastor from Queens in New York called Pete Scazzaro. And I would, um, on the this week's blog link to this message, there's a link to buy that on Amazon. Did you know, by the way, if you buy things on Amazon through the link that we provide, uh, the church makes money, which is cool, isn't it? So um, check that out this week. On the, There's a blog. If you've not seen the blog before, it goes out if you're on our mailing list. It has a quick reflection of the message, some questions for application. Our small groups, our connect groups go through that. And at the bottom of that, there's always a link to some of the books, some of the resources that we talk about during the message. Um, and this book by Pete Scazzaro called Emotionally Healthy Church um, changed, pretty much changed our lives. Absolute worldy of a book. Um, if, if, um, if a book was a footballer, it would be Cristiano Ronaldo. It's like an absolute, or Lionel Messi. I don't know whether you're Messi or Ronaldo. Um, but we're not going to talk about football anyway. We're not going to remind any, any Liverpool fans that they lost last night. Let's not go there. Yeah, you won. Yeah, we, of course you did. Yeah, Liverpool won last night, didn't they? Yeah, they got some more finals than Tottenham. I'll take that one. Um, anyway... How are we feeling? <laughs> it's just simmering under the surface there, isn't it? You talk about football and, ooh, touchy. Anyway, uh, this book, Emotionally Healthy Church, um, talks about there's, there's five aspects to our humanity. There is our physical humanity. So, the, the, like, just, just nudge the person next to you gently. Like that, that's the physical, but we know about the physical aspect of our humanity. Um, there is the spiritual, which is, as Christians, which we can kind of think is the most important thing, really. We've got to develop our spiritual life, our connection with, with God. Um, there's our intellectual, which is the mind. And sometimes some of us neglect that because we think, well, we just got to hone in on the spiritual. But the intellect is a, is a part of our uh, humanity as well. There's the social aspect of our humanity, so how we connect, how we uh, do friendships, how we relate, that type of thing. And, and then finally, the fifth part of our humanity is our emotional uh, humanity. God made uh, man and woman in his image. He made us as human beings, and part of our humanity is how we feel. And we've been talking about how like, being, we, we kind of ignore our feelings at our own peril. Uh, it's easy to ignore our feelings. Sometimes we don't know how we feel. Sometimes someone will say, how are you feeling? It's just really hard to, like, I don't know. I just, I don't feel great, but I don't know how to describe that. Or maybe you do feel great and you feel guilty for feeling great. And, or, or maybe sometimes we just don't know how we feel. Um, but uh, sometimes we can ignore our emotions and um, but Jesus was, he's our Lord, he's our savior, he's the one that we follow, he's our king. And Jesus was an emotional guy. We, we've, a couple of weeks ago, I, sp- I won't go into it now, but I spoke uh, and gave several examples of how Jesus in his earthly life when he was here um, expressed his emotion. Jesus expressed anger, he expressed sadness, grief, joy, 
uh, fear, um, abandonment, loneliness. Jesus was really in touch with his emotions. Uh, and I think if we, if we kind of turn our back on our emotions, maybe out of fear, again, maybe we don't um, think about how we feel because we, we don't know. But sometimes it can be a bit scary to actually stop, turn off everything around us, sit on your own for a moment and ask yourself that question, how am I feeling? It's so much easier to distract ourselves out of stopping to recognize how we feel because it's a scary thing. Because sometimes when you stop long enough to think about how you feel, some of those feelings are not always great. Sometimes we, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of an expert at masking uh, how I feel because I don't want to go there because I know if I go there, it might hurt and then I might have to do something about it. And it's easier just to kind of carry on through the juggernaut of life without stopping and thinking about how we're feeling. But in this series of messages, I want us to uh, um, really look at how we feel uh, because I think we uh, there's a, there's a, there's a uh, we, we can turn our back on reality. There's a quote here that we've been looking at for a few weeks by a man called Dan Orlander, and this guy's got the best name in the world ever, Tremper Longman III. Like, whoever his parents are, like, hats off. Yeah, the second, obviously, yeah. But imagine, like, what we're going to call our son, Tremper Longman III. Like, the best name ever. Like, whatever this guy says, you're going to listen to it with a name like that, aren't you? Anyway, he wrote a book with this guy called Dan Orlander. It's called The Cry of the Soul, which, again, is on the link, and you can grab that book. It says this, ignoring our emotions. I think this quote comes up, yeah. Ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. So when we try and distract ourselves, when we don't want to go there, when we think, I don't want to, no, I want to focus on the physical, I want to work out, I want to develop my mind, I want to get some friends, the social side, I want to um, do do all those things, but the emotional, I'll just leave that to one side. No, no, no. When When we ignore that, we turn our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality. And then listen to this, reality is where we meet God. How many of us want to meet God? I want to meet God. I want to spend my life, and I believe we do as Christians, having this awareness of the sense of the presence of God in my life. By faith, we believe that God is with us all the time. He never leaves us nor forsakes us, but we all know there are some times in our life where it feels like God is with us, and it feels like times when God ain't with us. And I don't believe that's anything to do with God. That's all to do with us. And sometimes, this, as this quote is saying, recognizing our emotions It ushers into this reality where we meet God. Emotions are the language of the soul. They're the cry that gives the heart a voice. And so I just ask again, us as a church family, how are we feeling? How are we feeling? How are we feeling about being asked about how we're feeling? How are we feeling? Today, I want to talk uh, about something that I think many of us will be, uh, maybe in this season right now, maybe you recognize it, it'll become... Uh, relevant and um, obvious as I just read today's text. And it's Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. And I'm going to read it in the message version. This is the words of Jesus. Jesus says this, are you tired? Should we just leave it there? (laughs) Jesus says today, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Religion is trying to please God by following rules. 
Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. There's some more to that, I think. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn from the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So if following Christ feels heavy or ill-fitting, it's not true Christianity. We're doing something wrong because Jesus says, I won't put anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. I won't ask you to do anything I've not given you the strength to do. I won't ask you to be the type of Christian that you don't feel you can be. Jesus says, keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Is that the end of the verse? I think it is. Is that a thumbs up? Good. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So today what I want to do is I want to talk about this sense of tiredness. Maybe there's some weariness. Any takers? Anybody feeling like you stayed? Let's go there again. You stayed up to watch your team lose last night. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't lose. You stayed up to watch your team win last night and you're shattered. See, there's different types of tiredness. There's different types of weariness. I think there's a couple of types of tiredness. Um, there's a tiredness that I'm kind of joking about there. A tiredness because we um, a tiredness that I guess is the vast majority of the time, it's a tiredness that we force, is, is kind of brought on through our own maybe behavior, maybe um, pattern of life or whatever. And, and it can be, for example, we're, we're tired because we just have like, we go to bed too late too many times and we're just like, every morning you're getting up and just, I'm shattered. And you say every morning, you know what? Tonight's the night I'm going to go on and have an early night. And then at like three in the morning, you watch pressing next episode on that Netflix series and you're like, no, 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 tomorrow I'm going to definitely have an early night. And then tomorrow comes and then you're lying in bed and you're scrolling through your phone at four in the morning going, well, tomorrow is definitely the night I'm going to get an early night. And so there's a tiredness that can come through that. Um, or, or maybe we kind of, uh, you know, eat our supper a bit too late and we like, it's gone nine o'clock and you're like, I, I know I shouldn't be doing this. Three in the morning, heartburn. Brought it on yourself, really. Or the, the, you know, you, you have the extra glass of wine when you just like, no, I'm not going to do that because it, it might act as a stimulant, might wake me up. Obviously, I'm not talking from experience here. I'm just, it's just what people tell me. Um, or maybe, maybe a tiredness because we lack some boundaries, and uh, we take a call from someone at like 10 o'clock at night, and you're like, that person, you'll take a call from them in the middle of the day, but 10 o'clock at night, it's not going to help you sleep well. So it's okay to just set a boundary and go, you know what, I see that person calling. I love you, brother, sister in Christ. Maybe they're not in Christ, but I love you tomorrow. It's okay. And um, just top tip, by the way, one of the, one of the things I started doing just about a month ago, I stopped taking my phone up to bed with me. And you, because I used to live under this fear that like, you know, like people say, if you don't take, what happens if something happens to someone in the middle of the night? Well, I didn't have a phone till I was 20 years of age and we all survived. And if something does happen in the middle of the night, it'd be on silent anyway, so I'm not going to get it till the morning. But top tip, I stopped taking my phone to bed with me and using it like next to the bed as an alarm and just, and I've had a full night's sleep ever since. It's brilliant. Top tip. End of the preach. God bless. Good night.
But um, I can fully, fully recommend that. I know that's not possible for everybody, but anyway, that's just, just what I do. And it's really good. So there's this tiredness that we can kind of bring on ourselves. Um, and, uh, and there's like things we can do about that. I don't really think Jesus is talking about that tiredness right now, although his grace extends to those times in our lives when we're tired because of our own choices. I think Jesus is talking about a more of a soul tiredness, a weariness that life uh, can inf inflict upon us at times. So for example, here's some examples. Uh, Jesus said in that text that we've read out, he says, uh, maybe you're burned out on religion. And I don't know about you, but um, trying to do the right thing, trying to live for God, trying to follow the rules, trying to follow the Bible, verse by trying to do the right thing can sometimes get really tiresome because we get it wrong. We go so far, we do so well, and then we get it wrong. And we can become tired and weary because we're trying to be a good Christian. We're trying to live a good life. We're trying to follow the rules. We're trying every day, right, today's the day I'm not going to sit in. Nine o'clock in the morning, okay, tomorrow's the day I'm not going to sin. And then, oh, okay, tomorrow we can try and live for God and we, we struggle and we can get tired in our soul. We can get weary through, through failure or through a sense of failure or when we feel we're letting God down, it can lead to a tiredness and a weariness. Um, or we can be just worn out. Again, the, the word in the text today, uh, Jesus asked that question, are you just worn out? Maybe we're maybe we're in a maybe we've got a really tough job, and you you know some of those situations that you're facing in your in your work you didn't ask for them, they're coming at you. Maybe your boss, your colleagues, the situation you're in, is just really demanding, and it's really difficult. And you know what? When someone says how you're feeling, you just say, you know, we work. I'm just worn out. You didn't ask for it particularly. You, you're trying your best. You're working hard but you're just worn out through the situation that you're in. There doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day. You're like, listen, if I could just get in early and sort things out, if people would just leave me alone, if I could just have a 30-hour day, that would really help. But you're just worn out. Or maybe, maybe there's tiredness linked to what Lois talked about last week. Maybe in your life, you're in a stage of life and you're single and you're tired because you just don't want to be single. You, you want a life partner. You want somebody to walk through life with and you pray and you're asking God, you're doing the right things, but it just doesn't seem to be happening and you're tired or maybe you're not single and you're in a marriage and you're tired and you're just, it's just not working and things are difficult. There's this weariness. There's this tiredness. See, tiredness and weariness come from all angles, all aspects of our lives. Maybe today, and I know some of you are, you're tired and worn out with grief. You've lost your life partner. You've lost that family member to grief and you're grieving. But there's also this weariness, this tiredness that I just feel worn out. I feel like there's not a lot left in the tank. I spent so many years with this person and I can't see how life is going to get any better. There's this weariness, there's this tiredness, or maybe this week you're watching the news, as many of us have been, and again, we prayed about it this morning, which 
which, which seems like the only thing we can do. You, you're seeing things happen in America and, and in Britain. We're seeing international events. We're hearing about wars. We're hearing about shootings in schools and some of these social justice issues. We're hearing racism and there's food poverty and there's all these things going on. And we can send our prayers and we can send our thoughts and we can maybe put some money in an offering and we're just worn out. We're like, God, I'm tired of seeing this. When is anything going to change? See, soul weariness. Sometimes we don't even realize we have it and we carry it. But when we stop long enough to just sit and think, how do I feel? I actually think tiredness, weariness, being burned out on religion, I think it's bubbling away for most of us, if not all of us. There's this tiredness. God God. And so, the first thing I want to say is this soul weariness, this soul tiredness. If you, if you feel like that, again, accept that's how you feel. Don't, don't beat yourself up for feeling like that. I love what Lois said last week when she said, being, feeling lonely isn't a sin. And sometimes we neglect some of these emotions because we think that we, we shouldn't be feeling like this. I've got the Spirit of God in me. I should be an overcomer. Yes, you should. But sometimes you've got to just stop and realize you feel sad. You feel tired. You feel lonely. You feel grief. It's okay if Jesus felt these things. Guys, we're going to feel these things. And so if that's how you feel today, I just want to encourage you. I think you're in a good place. Because I think God has got something for you. I think God has got some hope for you. And he has got some hope. And it's called rest. It's called rest. You see, God knew that humans would get tired. And God created this thing called rest. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, we first see this thing called rest. Let me read these words to you. Again, from the message version, it says this. This is at the start of the story of God. Here we go. Heaven and earth were finished down to the last detail. By the seventh day, God had finished his work. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day. He made it a holy day because on that day, he rested from his work. All the creating God had done. This is the story of how it all started, of heaven and earth when they were created. How amazing is it that rest is God's idea? Putting your feet up, chilling out, pressing next episode, turning your phone off, taking a rest is God's idea. It is not laziness. It is not a lack of spirituality. It is not neglecting the important things of life. It is God's idea. And how many of us know that if it's a God idea, it's a good idea. And so God created rest because he knew as humans, we were going to get tired. We were going to get rest. And, and this, so this Old Testament principle of rest, it's called Sabbath. And uh, God created this principle. And, and today the Jews still celebrate 
uh, uh, sorry, observe the Sabbath. Sabbath, uh, they call it Shabbat, which is just the Hebrew word for rest, which is where we get the word Sabbath. And Jews observe Sabbath from sundown on a Friday to sundown on a Saturday, 24 hours. It's actually a 25-hour period, but a 24, 25-hour period where they rest, where they observe this in accordance with the Old Testament law. They observe observe this rest in order to down tools, stop what they're doing. Let's kick back. We're going we're gonna to only do things that are life-giving. We're not going to work. We're not going to go shopping. We're going to eat some really good food. That's a great thing to do when you rest. And we're just going to stop. We're going to allow ourselves to stop. And, and, and I'm going to develop this in a moment as to what Sabbath is for, for us. But I just want to stop there for a minute and say sometimes it's a really good thing just to take a rest. Take some time. Take some time off from the, uh, the, the, the busyness of life. Sometimes just switch off your phone if you can. The world will carry on. I promise. Sometimes it's a really good thing just to say, I'm not going to carry on because I need to take a rest. Sometimes it's a good thing to say no so we don't get overwhelmed with commitments. Sometimes it's a good thing to break up the year with a holiday, which is where we get the word holy day, a holiday, just to take some time if you can. I know it's not possible for everybody, but sometimes just to stop and change the rhythm of life. But here's what I, I really want to get across today, linked to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. A, a day off in and of itself, a rest in and of itself is not going to lead to the soul rest that is promised by Jesus. See, we could observe Sabbath, a 24, 25 hour period religiously every single day, every single week of the year all of our lives and still miss out on the soul tiredness that comes through Jesus because we can't we're not following a law we're, fo- we're not following a religion we're following a person the God man Jesus and uh, the man called John Mark Comer another book that I've recommended says this in Garden City he said this Jesus I want us to get this Jesus is the embodiment of the Sabbath he is the seventh day in flesh and blood we can come to him and find rest, not just on the Sabbath, but all week long. When we see stuff in our lives that is out of whack, then we turn to Jesus and he comes and does his healing Sabbath work. So rather than seeing Sabbath as this law that we have to follow, Sabbath is Jesus. And he invites us He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And we can come to Jesus. Let's read those words again. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And you know, as I conclude this message, in keeping with what we've heard the last few weeks, it'd be really easy for me, like, to come up with five top ways to get rest this week. 
five things that we can go and do. But I think a message that ends with go and do is contrary to the words that Jesus has just spoken over us. See, Jesus hasn't said go and do for me. He said, come and be with me. He hasn't said go and pray this many times and go to that church service and make sure you get up super early and make sure you read all this Bible and make sure you pray these prayers. Jesus simply says, just come and be with me. Will you just come and be with me? Do you know you are with Jesus as much tomorrow afternoon, wherever you are, as you are right now in this service this morning? He is with us by his spirit. Jesus comes to us where we are, when we need it. He is with us. He is in us. So I believe at the end of this gathering today, Jesus is just saying, if you're tired, if you're shattered, if you're worn out, stop trying. Stop trying to please me. Stop trying to be holy. Stop trying to do all these things that might make you feel that I'm closer. I believe Jesus today says, I love you. I'm with you. There's nothing you can do that's going to force me away. There's nothing you can say that's going to force me away. I am with you. I love you. I am for you. He says, just stop. And will you just come and be with me?